it's a positive film <laughs> it's not really george lucas it's craig i'm just popping up with a little disclaimer about the sound quality uh, for this particular show uh, for the most part it was recorded live in stuart's garden on the 24th of july 2021 did we really have 10 people around a table tasting beers and getting more and more drunk uh yeah we did did we have a wonderful time yes were there kids and all manner of wildlife in the background? Also, yes. Did I really think we'd come away with beautifully broadcastable crystal clear footage? Mm, probably not. So there are parts of this that aren't up to our usual very high standards, um, but I would ask you to stick with it. The poorer bits really aren't that long and the sound does generally uh, improve uh, further into things. It was great to be all together in one place and i think that really comes across on this show so i hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording it now here's george to tell you all about his film it's a positive film it has heroes and villains and uh that it essentially uh is a fun movie to watch it's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward wholesome fun adventure Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about, fine, it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story when you actually put it into words is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great pace, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello and welcome back to Generation Skywalker. <laughs> I'm Stuart Skinner, your host of the show, and we are back with something a little bit special tonight. Not only is this the second beer show, so we'll be handing over to Craig very shortly for Come Let Me Get You Something, round two, but this is the first show that we've ever all sat around a table together and recorded. So let me introduce who is around the table. Uh, to my right, I do have Craig Spivey. Good evening, Craig. Hello. Uh, next to him, we have got... I mean, you're not going to believe this. I've not seen Dan for 18 months, and he's um, got a wasting disease. <laughs> he's disappeared. <laughs> We're just going to Dan. A man, a man, a man. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got uh, Jez Allinson, who's looking very uh, stunning tonight. Hello. I've got uh, Mark Daniels. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. And then we've got, uh, we've got Grant Criddle. I do. And then we've got uh, a few specials who are also here with us. So we do have Mr. Lee Bullock. Good evening, Lee. Hello. How are you doing? Do have Mark Cockley here. Good evening, Mark. Hi. And as last time, we we're very, very fortunate to have our beer. Let me see if I can remember the word sommelier. 
Kimberly. Kimberly Owen. Uh, welcome. And Dan's oh, a better half is sitting on the end, Jemima. Uh, good evening, Jemima. Jemima hello. <laughs> and my son, Toby. Good evening. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I will tell you, we are sitting outside in my garden. Um, there is ten of us around the table, so it could be an absolute mess but i think um i think craig will nail it so i'm going to hand over to craig okay right i'm not going to hang about because uh, everybody sat here with uh, empty glasses uh, but we did a show back in december which was i think it was show 28 which we called come let me get you something uh, and it was inspired by the proliferation of star wars beers that i was seeing coming into the market uh some we've got dogs as well um, yeah, inspired by beers that were coming onto the market, um, some official ones and some not so official ones. If you do want to go and check that out, like I say, it's, uh, it's show 28 and there was an accompanying blog, which you can find on generationskywalker.com, which is called Rebellions Are Built on Hops. So if you have a look at that, you'll soon get up to speed. So the format of the show is very simple. Uh, Kimberly, who Stuart's already introduced, uh, works in the beer and pub industry and is training to become a beer sommelier. So she's going to guide us through... Uh, six beers that we've uh, we've hand selected that are all in some way shape or form uh, inspired by star wars they've got star wars names uh and they've come from breweries that that are clearly fans uh so we're going to test uh, and we're going to try those uh, and as we enjoy those beers we're going to chat about uh collectibles and stuff because that's what we do that's what we're about at the end of the show we're going to give you some details on how you can win yourself some if not all of the beers that we're going to be trying uh, but before we get to that, and before we set up the first round, um, just want to hear a quick message from the winner of our last beer haul, David Reader. So let's have a quick listen to what David said about the show and the beers that he won. Hello, everybody at Generation Skywalker. Um, last Christmas, I was really, really lucky to win a prize, courtesy of the guys at the podcast. Um, their show, the last show on Star Wars beers back in early December, they ran a little competition and I luckily won uh, a selection of craft ales all based around Star Wars. Um, six different beers that I was able to try over the Christmas period. Some types of beers that I'd never tried before, but we had a, um, a nice Stormtrooper Galactic Pale Ale that went down a real treat, a lovely and light that one. We had a, something I'd never tried before here, a 9% porter. This one's Stay Puffed Imperial Irish Cream Marshmallow. It's like beer with Baileys all together. Uh, then I had a, a more, more beer company, Jedi PA, real hoppy number, that one. Really, really enjoyed that. And uh, not to forget the infinite, infamous Katharina, I think that's how you say it, sour, which had the tastes of, well, guava, coconut and lime going for it. And the, the, the can art on that, however, is absolutely fabulous. So my Christmas last, uh, last Christmas was brilliant, thanks to the guys at Generation Skywalker. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing the next episode about Star Wars beers. And in the meantime, to uh, all the guys at the podcast and Kimberly, the beer expert, cheers. <laughs> So for everyone that wants to do beer tasting at home or is actually going to taste along with us with these beers, um, there's, a, there's a few simple essentials that you need on hand. So I would get yourself a glass of water, 
and get yourself um, a little, I call it a waste tray, um, just in case you for any reason don't like the beer, you can put it in there and you can have small portions and then go back to the one you love at the end. Um, we've got a lot of beers to get through, so I have recommended to the team that we do tiny tasters. Uh, what I would do for the tasting is, I mean, you really just need to engage all of your senses. Um, but I think the main thing to think about before you're going to do any beer tasting is the beer has to be at the right temperature for you to get the best possible results. Um, so for your pilsners, lagers, IPAs, you know, everything for this beer tasting we have fridged. And the reason being is because when we get to the stouts at the end, they will actually get better as they warm up a little bit in the glass. But because we've got so many beers to get through, we have actually fridged all of ours. For you at home, if you're having a any of the IPAs, fridge them first, please, <laughs> because that is really going to enhance their flavour. And, you know, that will be how the, the breweries have intended them to taste. And I think as well, I'd always recommend to think about your glassware if you're having bigger samples. Um, so for these tastings, we are using little glasses with stems because it's quite hot weather at this particular moment. And as you've got your hand around the glass, it will warm up your beer quicker. So um, that's another thing I'd recommend. When tasting beers, you just really need to engage your senses. So your smell, your sight <laughs> are the two big things. And actually when you taste a beer, a lot of it comes from what you smell, um, but there's little tricks that you can use when you do smell. Um, so what I would do is, you know, open your can, stick it in your glass, and then the first thing we're going to look at as a, as a team is the colour of the beer. So your IPAs will be quite light in colour, straw-like, um, depends on obviously all the other flavours that are going into that IPA. And then obviously for your stouts, they're going to look very dark in the glass. You will be able to tell how thick the beer is as well on site. If you want to have a little, what I would recommend for the sniff portion of this exercise is have a little sniff and then I move away. Then I have two sniffs. And then I have a really long sniff. If you want to go back and you're like, I'm not sure what I'm really sniffing, I do a little bit of a reset and there's a couple of ways that you can do that. So I smell my inner elbow and then that resets your sense of smell and then you can go back again and smell the beer. As we go through, I will be asking the team, you know, what, what do they smell? So for example, with the IPAs, you know, we can expect things like a citrusy zing, so smell is one thing and then we get into the flavour then which is which is the bit I love um, so for the flavour again I would go for a short taste first so have a little sip let it kind of ferment because sometimes you really get a an interesting aftertaste for some of the beers that will be slightly different to what actually what you're getting when the liquid is actually in your mouth and then I'd go for a really long swill slow swill and you can actually hold your nose as well and then open <laughs> take your fingers away and you know that will release your senses as well so take a long swill and you'll get different flavor sensations and you'll do a couple of rotations of that just to kind of heighten the sensations that you get in um but what i really want to say is before you commence any tasting is Beer's really subjective, so if the team go through these beers and there's certain beers that they like or don't like, actually that's the fun thing about beer, it's down to you and your individual taste profiles. Um, for me, when I'm judging beer, 
I look at is it typical for the style. I'm not one with that sour beers with an enhanced pucker ability, but I'll still be able to judge them in terms of is this beer typical for that style. Um, for you at home, use this as um, a fun, a fun little project, and you know get to know what you like. There's thousands of styles of beers and flavour profiles out there, so I think experiment and yeah, hopefully we'll talk about something today that you'll love. Right, so the first beer we've got to uh, start us off is called Revenge of the Pith. It's a grapefruit and blood orange IPA that is coming in at 6.7% and it's from a, a brewer in County Durham called S43. Um, what they say about their beer, it's a classic West Coast IPA with tons of old school bitterness with a rounded malt profile. Citrusy and piney hops, Cascade, Amarillo and Falconer's Flight bring lots of pithy grapefruit notes and a refreshing citrusy zing. We've added grapefruit and blood orange zest, juice and puree to get the fruity flavours into hyperdrive. Uh, Kimberly, what can you tell us about this beer, beer style and the brewer? So we have a few IPAs, which the team were massive fans of last time. IPA is a hoppy beer style within the broader category of pale ale. The style of pale ale, which became known as India Pale Ale, was widespread in England by 1815 and would grow in popularity notably as an export beer shipped to India and elsewhere. So this one I was very, very excited about um, just because I'd never actually tried anything from S43 before. So I know that we've got a couple of their beers to get through. I think that, you know, grapefruit, blood orange, always works really well in IPAs and I think just based on the feedback from our last show I think the team's going to really really like this beer. So I'm just going to cast a designer's eye over the cans uh, as we go and Revenge of the Pith uh, uses a style that's very similar to the Conspiracy Glassworks uh, beer glasses that we spoke about on the last beer show so very uh, graphic uh, icon style illustrations of uh, Star Wars characters but their faces resembled hops and this is very very close to the to the Vader one so it's predominantly black um, it adopts the go-to font that everyone uses when they want to evoke a little bit of Star Warsiness that sans serif that used in the in the classic Star Wars logo and you, you, you do see it everywhere, particularly with this colour combination of the black and the white and the, the, the splash of yellow. So in terms of Star Wars uh, design, um, very much in keeping. In terms of selling a grapefruit and blood orange IPA, I'd question whether it is reflective of those zesty, fruity uh, components. But uh, on a shelf, in a Star Wars collection, it looks the part. Come, let me get you some. It smells, it smells better than it tastes. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it, it tastes like perfume. I thought it was going to be more citrusy. Too fragrant. Yeah. If this is the first one, God knows where we're going to be. Yeah, we started off with just a plain pilsner last yeah. time. Yeah, we did. I quite like it. Yeah? Hmm. I, don't I, don't I think it's a breakfast beer. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you can get the grape. I can really get the grape. Yeah, you can. What are you thinking, Jess? Because you've normally got quite an opinion as well, haven't you? 
I mean, Mark's face is really enjoyable. I'm getting uh, two of my five a day with the grapefruit and the blood orange. What, what do we think to the can design? I, I like Ooh. the can. I heartily agree with you, sir. Well, we sit and, uh, and enjoy that beer. The last time that we did this, I had you all looking at Star Wars-related breweriana. So that was things like bottle openers and glassware and whatnot. Um, but today, seeing as we're all here and we're having a little special social occasion, um, I thought it'd be nice to talk about something that was a little bit more appropriate, and that was uh, Star Wars' most famous pub, the Moss Isley Cantina. So I'm going to be coming to everybody in turn uh, to talk about their uh, little section. But for starters, um, you know, I thought it would be fun to explore just how much we all know about the cantina. Uh, cantina is an Italian word for cellar um, or winery, but it was adopted by the Spanish in the days of the Spanish Empire. And in our universe, it's the type of bar um, that's very common in Latin America and Spain, serves food and drink, and it's often located in a train station or by other workplaces, and it's serving um, those, those communities. So it makes sense that there was a cantina serving a spaceport. In rural Mexico, there's still a whole bizarre array of traditions around who is allowed in a cantina, um, basically men. Um, so no women or dogs or people in military uniforms uh, <laughs> and presumably droids. Um, That's you, Donald Hula, Jess. Military <laughs> uniform <laughs> and droids, Jess. <laughs> now, obviously, Latin American culture is uh, an intrinsic part of uh, the West Coast of America, but California versions of cantinas are pretty much just taverns with with uh, with Latin motifs and uh, that serve traditional kind of alcoholic Mexican drinks. Um, but contemporary cantinas would have been a, f a familiar sight for George Lucas, coming of age uh, around Modesto. So you know, very much part of part of that world. Do you really think we're going to find a pilot here that'll take us to Alderaan? Uh, most of the best freighter pilots that will be found here only watch a step. This place can be a little rough. Uh, so much has been written about the parallels between Star Wars and Westerns, and even though the architecture of the, uh, the cantina in Star Wars is actually North African, uh, nothing typifies that kind of Western uh, saloon and those flaking adobe walls of, of the, the venue that they used. Um, so we discussed quite a lot in the last show just how the cantina provided that um, really um, great setting for one of the most iconic scenes in, in the saga. Um, you know, let alone a new hope. But did you know that the cantina scene was always there right from the very first draft? Grant probably does know that. Yeah. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah. So what ultimately became Moss Eisley was back then Gordon. This was an unsavoury starport on the planet Aquilae, or Utapau, uh, located in the wasteland and home to a cantina. The heroes of that early draft, Luke, Anakin, the royal children, including Leah's younger brothers, Biggs and Windy, are embroiled in a fracas in a cantina and outside the cantina they encounter Han Solo. So from day one it was always going to be a place that uh, royalty and wizards would bump into scoundrels. Han Solo, I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. Chewie here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Yes indeed, if it's a fast ship. In the final movie it was structured in Tunisia, served as the exterior of the cantina, most of the interior action was filmed at L Street Studios in London, while shots of several alien close-ups were filmed at Hollywood Center Studios. Between the original shooting in the UK and the pickup shots in the US, Greedo's hands went missing, so they ended up filming Greedo wearing the hands of another alien from the cantina. 
Lucas's assistant, Maria de Aragon, played Greedo with an improved animatronic head for the pickup shots, which is who you see in those famous behind the behind the scenes shots of Greedo in high heels. Sure. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but Greedo's hands weren't the only hands that were changed. Who else had their hands changed between the UK and the US? He doesn't like you. Um, yeah, uh, Ponda Baba Wars Mind originally had like these like paddle hands, and if you look at the the alien that Luke sells the land speeder to, it's it's those hands. So they reused those hands. Um, but uh, when George reviewed the footage, he felt that these strange kind of hoof things lying on the floor on an arm didn't really read as a as an arm because it was only very briefly uh, glimpsed on screen. So they uh, they reshot it with a with a furry clawed hand. So as an iconic location, you'd expect the canteens to have appeared in loads of other material over the years, and you'd be right. So the original Expanded Universe established the cantina as Chalham's uh, Spaceport Cantina. So Chalham was a Wookiee who owned the cantina. We were at the barman we see in New Hope and Akmina, who we meet in the holiday special with just the hired help. Um, and the cantina also makes countless appearances in lots of novels and comics and games, most notably Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina, which fleshes out a lot of the characters and is a book that we talked about at length on show 18 with Richard Hutchinson. So if you want to go and check that out for further reading, further listening, uh, you can do that. Um, in official canon material, it features in no less than four episodes of The Clone Wars and in a more recent episode of The Mandalorian where the no droids policy has been ditched in favour for EV series working behind the bar. And that's just the appearances in the universe. So how many times do you think the cantina set and characters have appeared in other media throughout popular culture, all of which seem to be sanctioned or assisted by Lucasfilm? Oh, it's the um, Richard Pryor. That's Richard the other... Daft Punk. And oh, yeah. um, David Daft, Beckham. Daft Punk, yeah, that's the same thing, isn't it, David Beckham? And the Clone Wars TV show, it's in that. Coronation Street? Right, so Dan, you mentioned the Richard Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> it just he's just weeded out by all the aliens, and he's I can't remember much about it. I remember watching oh, a YouTube brilliant. video ages ago, but yeah, I think it was off one of his yeah Saturday Night Live or something, was it? Yeah, 1978, and they lent him all of the uh, the costumes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Starbuck. It must be for you, said the Uglis. <laughs> yeah, your wife wants you to come home. <laughs> he said, with the water, water, with the water, water, with the water. Okay. She said, water, go to water, get it, water, get it, water. Get it. And the Adidas commercial, who, who mentioned that? Few people mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. yeah so who? So let's list off for the people who are in that. Uh, that's so, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Snoop. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Snoop Dogg is the bar. Uh, Noel Gallagher and Ian Brown. Uh, we're in it. Uh, Franz Beckenbauer. Sean Ryder. We stood at the back. Sean Ryder wasn't in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a singer called Sierra. Uh, got a female singer. Then no, I'd agree with you. Yeah, the DJ was Neil Armstrong. 
not not the not the astronaut. Uh, Jay uh, Baruchel was in it as an actor. Uh, Fletcher Harrington, who was a uh, model, which he worked with uh, Adidas at the time. And Michael Bender, who was a regular Stormtrooper actor for 14 years. So he's been in like, Mandalorian, stuff like that. So cast of, uh, of famous and not so famous faces, right, depending on what you're into. Uh, we'll, te we'll test them on that at the end of the day. What's your problem? He doesn't like you. I don't like him. This little one's not worth the effort. I don't like you either. Well, I don't like you either, fool. So that was 2010. Um, but going back earlier than that, there was an, there was an official drink driving public service uh, announcement Volkswagen. in the US. Not the, not the Volkswagen. There's a, there's a very old, like I say, 1979 uh, public service announcement where a Juros gives Luftak a lift home. I've never seen that. And his friends... Friends don't let friends drive drunk. Have you got a copy of that? It's on YouTube. Will in um, what's the word? I think we'll drop it into the enhanced. Yeah, we'll put it in there right now, and you can listen to it even in the audio. When friends drink too much, even in galaxies far, far away, friends don't let friends drive drunk. So, Stuart, you mentioned the Volkswagen ad. That was, yeah, that was the dog one, wasn't it? 2012. So the majority of the ad is the dog. The dog drives back, yeah. And then really it pulls, classic. it pulls back, uh, and there are characters at the bar um, discussing the merits, relative merits of the advert. Um, Given that the one the previous year had been the girl doing the using the force to open the, yeah, the car and stuff. Back and better than ever. Oh, it's great! It's gonna miss that Vader kid. The dog's better. Are you kidding? The dog is funnier than the Vader kid. I didn't like that. I just liked it to start yeah. with. But that, that's, and in the end, I think I had about four beers and it was the last one I finished. I did finish yeah. it. <laughs> See, for me, I, I'm not normally a great fruit fan, but I think it's subtle enough. It's not yeah, it's not yeah. a herring, is it? It reminds me of a grandparent. It smells like a grandparent. Jez? Jez, what's your what's your rating? I'm going high. We've been drinking beer all afternoon. Yeah. And I think it's my favourite one. Um I quite like it. I, I really like the smell of it. It reminded me of Ho Garden and sort of white beer. It, it is very good for the, the style that they've gone for, but I think for me, you know, I'm I'm a massive dark beer fan, but I think for what they've done and what they're trying to achieve, I think the balance of the flavours puts through really well. But I wanted a little bit more orange. I didn't really like it, but the last sip I did like, but to migrate from... Is that because it's finished? And you're like, woo, no, back no, to no. San Miguel. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe if it was a full pint, you could get into it. To, yeah. But to migrate from a Bia Moretti to that, to me, was too much of a, a, 
of an ask. So, yeah, it didn't work for me, bro. Okay. I, I don't want to be offensive, Mike. <laughs> that was a good comment. Well, I like that. Are we going on to the next beer? Yeah. Do we yes. need more beers out? Which we need, mango? We need the mango. Yeah. The mango. I love it. Yeah. 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 Brilliant, isn't it? See? You're excited now. I'm on board. I am on board. So, moving on to beer number two. We've had a beer from our next brewer before, uh, and this time we've got one of their new beers to try. Uh, but before we all crack into it, I caught up with the co-founder of Brew York, Lee Grabham at the Bigfoot Festival last month to talk about Star Wars and beer. So let's have a quick listen to that. I'm here with Lee from Brew York, and if you heard the uh, beer show that we did before uh, Christmas, it was co-hosted by Kimberly, uh, we uh, featured one of Brew York's beers, which was the Moss Eisley Katharina, and uh, it got um, mixed reviews. The people who loved it, loved it and the people who were probably less used to more complex flavours weren't too sure. But um, Brew York are out with another beer, Star Wars-themed beer called The Mangalorian, and hopefully that's going to win over more of our team, uh, which we're going to taste uh, in a minute. But I want to just speak to you, Lee, about where the inspiration comes from for some of these uh, Star Wars beers. So if you can tell us about sort of the Katharina first and maybe... Tell us why uh, the Mangalore is going to be a big hit. Um, well, a lot of the beers that we do um, reference things from our childhood, so things that we've grown up with. Uh, so we've done beers based on the Goonies, etc., all sorts of things, things that, yeah, are hugely cultural uh, to us. Um, and what is bigger in all of our times than Star Wars? Absolutely nothing. So, yeah, we did the one beer a few years ago. We've done, I think, Three different iterations of Moss Eisley Katharina now, yeah. uh, that being a Brazilian type sour. So it's uh, it's actually a German beer at heart. So the Germans um, do the um, Berliner Weiss style beers, um, and then the Brazilians have basically taken the, the base that creates the Berliner Weiss and they've thrown loads of tropical fruit into it. Yeah. So we came up with the Moss Eisley Katharina uh, because of Moss Eisley Cantina. That works. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then this year we were looking at the calendar ahead and it was actually our bar director, John, uh, suggested, why don't we do the Mangalorian? So it was like, well, sometimes, yes, the name does come first. <laughs> so we're like, well, it has to be somewhere with mango in there. Um, so we then did a, a mango milkshake IPA, which uh, I understand you'll be trying soon. Hopefully we'll enjoy. So tell us a bit more about the, the Mangalorian and, and what we can expect when we try it. So it's, yeah, a mango milkshake, mango ice cream IPA. So in there, um, we've got uh, lactose to make the finish a little bit sweeter, a little bit creamier. Um, we've got some vanilla in there. And obviously, we have lots of mango, or the name wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, one thing that everybody was um, in agreement um, on was the, the design of the can. Everybody loved that can, and we've got a few people got them in their collections at home. So can you just tell us a bit about where the designs come from, who's, who's behind those, and uh, yeah. So the design concepts, um, we kind of give a brief to a company called United by Design. Um, they're at the other side of the city to us in York. Uh, they're a very small business, maybe employ like five people, so we get a great, very personal service. Um, they've won an International Design Effectiveness Award. Cool. I, I've stood on the stage and received <laughs> an award 
um, on their behalf, uh, beating the likes of Budweiser, etc. So it's quite a prestigious award that they won. Uh, so their work is magnificent and. Yeah, our mantra is always to do something that little bit different, a little bit quirky, a little bit of fun. Yeah, and no, it's so, brilliant, and you can tell their fans as well, just just from what they're referencing in the in the can designs. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to be careful to not let them stray too far into copyright land. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something that all the all the breweries do, but they do it so well, and they do it with such charm and grace. Um, the, and I'm sure by the time Lucas will come knocking, you know, you can argue that it's, it's already got the door. And, right, uh, that, that's whole soul. That's <laughs> yeah. got I'm sorry. Excellent. And obviously Star Wars tends to come in threes. Um, so we've had the Mos Eisley Catherine and we've had the Mangalorian. Can we, uh, can we expect a third one? I mean, never say never. <laughs> uh, no, no imminent plans, but you never know. Brilliant. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you very much for having me. The Mangalorian. Um, we've established that, uh, that that Brew York cans are up there with some of the best, and certainly the the Moss Eisley Catharina from last time was was among the favourites. This time, um, the Mangalorian adopts a similar style. Um, you've got a colour palette of greens and yellows that reflect the fruit. Um, the hero of the piece is a is a mango with a with a Mandalorian's visor, a little jetpack there, um, and uh, the outline suggestion of a, of a little Grogu. And then you've got these layered sort of landscape uh, blocks of colour, and, and in the distance you've got something that's very uh, very reminiscent of Jabba's palace. So we're definitely on Tatooine, and uh, or, or some similar desert planet, and we're bouncing around with this uh, this jolly looking Mandalorian. It's a uh, it's great. I love it. So this one is a milkshake IPA. And a milkshake IPA is a really fascinating offshoot of the hazy IPA trend. Um, the beers that most craft beer lovers gravitate towards. How we get the milkshake element of that IPA is really through the inclusion of lactose or milk sugar during the brewing process. And, you, you know, when you're, you've got this in your glass and then you pour it you'll see that it looks thicker than a normal IPA in consistency when you're tasting it it will taste a little bit thicker a bit and it have a creamier mouth feel which you'd expect really from the addition of the milk or, or the milk sugar and Mark's first question was is it going to taste like a McDonald's milkshake no it's not it's not but what does everybody think of the smell first shall we I would say it's really nice as a. I think as soon as you open the can, you yeah. can really get the mango. Obviously, it's mango. It's a lot in there. Um, it was really potent as soon as you open the can. I kind of expected it to be a little bit thicker than the other IPA that would help with just a little less IPA. I'm just getting carpet shot. <laughs> I would say I'd say it's quite a slow drinking beer. Yeah. I would quite enjoy a pint of that over a period of what a year. <laughs> I think it's, it's quite bitter as well. I like the end, I like the aftertaste, but I wanted to kind of add some more opinions. Even though it's like six point blur, I mean, I, I could drink quite a few of these. <laughs> this is quite a bit of a session beer, actually. Well, I've accidentally finished mine. Just very mango, isn't it? Mark, you're not feeling that, are you? No, I don't like it. Why aren't you feeling it? Like, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't taste any heavier. The other one almost tastes yeah. heavier. And you see about the lacing on the other one. This barely has any kind of. It's just seconds behind it as you tilt the glass. 
Yeah, cans are brilliant, aren't they? The last one was brilliant as well. It's a 10 out of 10 for the can. It's harder. For our talky bits tonight, um, I've set everybody homework to look at some of the different Moss Eisley cantina playsets and dioramas that have been produced over the years. So the plan is that we're going to look at uh, what was released, what came with it, what these things did, going to offer a little opinion, and uh, and then... You know, if we do know prices, uh, market values today, if people wanted to add one of these particular examples to their collections, that would be useful as well. So Mark and Lee, um, mm-hmm. coming to you first, um, because you are going to talk about the vintage three and three quarter line play sets. So the vintage era saw representations of the cantina um, in so much as the Kenner Cantina was produced. Uh, the Cantina Adventure set, both for America and the Palatoy Cantina in the UK. So I think that's a good place to start. So, 1979, Star Wars had been out for a year, and we had put the 20 and 21 backs in America. And at the time, then we started getting playsets. And one of the playsets we got was the was the kind of Cantina. Now, this version of the Cantina didn't have figures with it, so the figures. They're not were sold separately. This wasn't the vacuum that the vacuum formed canteen of that without was released in the UK. This was an injection molded solid based cantina with many action levers and cardboard backgrounds and the doors on it with with a plastic bond. That's really all there is to say about it. It's alongside the it's alongside the Joe Factory, it's alongside the Land of the Jowers, it's the first real three play sets that were released for Star Wars. Um, they're not mega rare, they're fairly common. Um, I think you're probably looking now at a mint box one. A decent box one would probably be in the region of about 250 now. Yeah, yeah. I'd say about 250. I actually think they're really cool. And Whilst I do have a Palatoo one in my own collection, I could have an accident with the Kenner one. <laughs> I definitely could have an accident. They are they are technically better yeah. playsets, and, and the artwork on, on the boxes is, is gorgeous. You know, and I think uh, I think things like that in Star Wars Vintage collecting are actually quite underrated in these. That's a nice little summary. Thank you for that, Lee. Um, Palatoo, as usual, wanted to save money wanted to cut costs, wanted to deliver uh, an inferior product to the British public <laughs> and they decided to um, dispense of the um, very expensive action-led base which the Kenner counterpart had and they decided on a very cheap version uh, of the playset, uh, a lot cheaper, but it's a much more sought after one. Uh, the box is far more gloriously illustrated. Um, Palatoy had a very good knack of uh, taking great product shops for their uh, boxes and in my opinion they are far superior to the kind of counterpart. Um, in terms of value, way more expensive than the kind of ones. Uh, you're probably looking between uh, 450 and 750 for a very good example. For some reason Palatoy boxes are always trashed, so if you can find a really nice example of a Palatoy box, it's definitely worth the money. And also came with um, 
sticker sheets for the tabs for the doors which are made out of cardboard and the kennel ones are made out of plastic and um, also for the, um, the table which again in the kennel one it was all one piece in the Palatoy it was a bent piece of card with a plastic tabletop with the um, uh, sticker sheet for the, the detail for the, the, the top of the table. Um, I'd rather have the Palatoy when I first given it to us. It was far better. <laughs> um, looks far nicer. Um, and then of course there was the American uh, cardboard, uh, American Pretty Canteen. What, what was the exact name for it? Pretty it canteen. was the Canteen Adventure uh, Yeah, and this was infamous because it had the blue Smagatooth uh, 24 inch action figure with it. In terms of playability, it was absolutely terrible. It was along the lines of the Cloud City playset. Very, very, not even that good actually, because <laughs> it was basically one piece of cardboard, fold it at a right angle, uh, came with some plastic pegs and it came with four figures, uh, a hammerhead, um, a blue snagger tooth, Greedo and Boris Man, and it was a series exclusive, and came in a much bigger box. Uh, in terms of value, I really don't know about this, uh, value seems to have fluctuated wildly over the past sort of 12 months, so when with the post stamps of how other matters, probably fifteen hundred pound plus if it's meant to be. Actually, do you well? It, that doesn't surprise me with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody else like it? That's got his hand up like he's in school. Yeah, because I can ask a question. Mark, I'm not quite sure, but can you remind me the Paddy Toy one? Didn't it come with an offer of four figures? That's two versions. There's right. the one without the offer, and there's one with the offer. The right. one with the offer. Uh, said uh, comes with uh, four carded comes with four action figures and it actually came on cards and cards were bent over and stuck right. into the box. Right. But if you find one of those, that is big money. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. That's right. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Apex. I haven't done my homework. Can you tell? No, I walked out from the arena and then I realised as I sat down that you were just going through your mind palettes. Yeah. It's impressive. What 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 is my mind, mate? Excellent work. Excellent. I can't believe you had a pop at the Cloud City playset to be honest, sugar. Sorry. Sorry. I can't believe you had a pop at the Cloud City playset. It's well, I, th I think you know, we've discussed how iconic the scene was. It's only fitting that uh, those early ranges. Um, had not one, not two, but three versions of the cantina. Shall we go back to the beer now we've all had a little uh, time to sit with it and the sip? Uh, yeah, I could drink it over the course of an hour. Oh, it's quite refreshing. But, uh, yeah, I can drink a lot of it. A little bit too rich. <laughs> I like to, I've accidentally finished. I feel like I'm that, I'm that breakfast at a premier in. <laughs> Yes. What where everything's the yeah. Jesus. It's, 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 I think this is, uh, this is a bright hangover beer, I would say. I think this is something that um, goes down way too easy for me. I feel like the blood sugar is going to spike through the roof yeah. with it. And um, this is a, this is what I would call a messy beer. I really want to like it because the tin is a tin. And um, I love the pan, I love the artwork. There's a lot of sugar in there, but it's not really a sweet that you get. You get kind of a more of a bitter mm -hmm. sort of. Taste. The after taste is much nicer than when you're actually drinking it. I'm pretty much uh, with Lee 
on this one. Um, when you said it was a milkshake beer, uh, you give us a milkshake beer in Chicago, which is like a Stay Puft one, which is a lot darker, and I didn't like that. And when I, when I brought it home, I opened it up, I didn't like it. And when you said milkshake beer, I thought, uh-oh, I'm not going to like this at all. Uh, it feels like I've been lying on Stu's sofa all night, dehydrated. I've woken up in the morning, I've walked out into the garden, and someone's left a really fruity bottle of mango in the sun. <laughs> and I'm going to drink all of it. Yeah. So for me, it's a nine for sure. Oh, really wow. Wow. This is a dangerous drink. I could see like yeah. three of these cans and I'm sleeping on a roundabout tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that one. I've, I've, I'll be honest with you. I bought a few cans of this a while back when, when Craig posted the photos of the cans. I just like the cans so much, but I tried them and I, I liked it then. But yeah, just sitting there sipping it around the table in the summer, it's yeah, it's quality. I quite like it. It's giving me a little bit of acid. I think I need a bit of Gaviscon. It's right. I think it might be my age. <laughs> She's fast enough for you, old man. Uh, right, so we're on to beer number three, and this time it's another beer by S43, although this time it's in collaboration with another brewery, Full Circle, uh, and it's a beer called Bantherblood. So just to add to that, Kimberly caught up with, uh, with Full Circle at Brew London, and uh, here's what they had to say about Bantherblood. Just catching up with um, Full Circle, wanted to ask you about your amazing collab with S43. Give me their lowdown. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of our one of one of two collabs we've done with S43, and uh, this one was done at their brewery. And you know, if you're a fan of S43, you know that they love to come up with creative names and designs that are bordering on the edge of uh, certain infringements. Uh, so, yeah, we did a nice uh, big red. Uh, IPA and uh, you know it was a big style that both the the brewers at both uh, breweries wanted to do so both named Alex you know came up with it and it was good wintertime beer uh, really focusing on the malts and that so it's a uh, big hitting IPA uh, called Bantha Blood uh, that was given the name based on that dark red color that they've, that they've got so yeah big hot bill of Columbus Chinook Centennial and Simcoe gave a nice bitterness uh, as, as S43 put as dry as the desert of, I'm going to get it wrong, of Tatooine, Tatooine. Uh, and some citrus pine notes and it was, it, yeah, went down really, really well. So what's the reception been like to the beer? Have you, have you seen it? I know, I know you're like always constantly looking at Untapped. What has the reception been like to that beer? I mean, it's a style that I think Untapped doesn't favour, to be honest. Uh, you know, your, your biggest ones on Untapped are always Juicy New England's or Juicy Double IPA, Triples and big stouts whereas these styles are a bit more rogue so I mean for us it was more reception of people that really like that style and those that really like the stuff thought it went down really really well uh, really happy with it I thought it was fantastic uh, and I think it's a style that you know I'd love to see more breweries do more in the UK because I know people can do it and it tastes amazing and I think it's something you know let's let's get more rogue styles out let's get more more flavors that are a bit different than what we're used to. Yeah. You talk to brewers mainly, they want to do these type of things. And it's getting that, that more mass market to, to buy it uh, and try it and, and appreciate it as much as we do. Uh, so yeah, it's it kind of like, once they suggested it, we were like, yeah, let's get onto it, let's do it. Uh, and we had lots of fun doing it, creating the recipe with them. Uh, and then yeah, both, both brewers, like, we, we both thought it, we were really happy with the way it came out. Amazing, thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> no worries, excellent. <laughs> now, Bantha Blood is a, I guess it's a partner beer to uh, Revenge of the Pith. So it's, again, it's adopted that dark livery, um, but for a red IPA. 
So in terms of the product, marriage with the image, it's not quite there. Is it Star Wars-y? Yeah, we're, we're overlooking a, a planet with that little glow of atmosphere. Um, but the banther itself um, is quite bizarre. It's a sort of hairy, flat-topped um, sphincter with some, some curly horns. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's evocative of a banther, but it's also evocative of a, a ram and a goat and uh yeah other things so not my favorite amongst the the crowd today but you know suitably star wars and i think it's uh in, in a lineup of other beers um that are all playing that star wars iconography it's uh it's a bit different so s43 are based in county durham and they've been going since 2012 and I'm really excited about the beers that we have from this brewery because they've won lots and lots of um, CBA awards, which is the Society of Independent Brewers. Um, so uber excited about this. I think people might like this because the most highly rated one from the first show was a red IPS. Oh, yes, yeah, so that is true. Oh, the so more beer. Let's have a little sniff and tell me what you're getting. That's it's very getting. Um, puddingy. Is that a word? Pudding in? You, you, we can use that, we can use pudding in. I think I'll be joining the round all around. Let's, let's have a little taste, shall we? Let's have a little taste, come on. It's fun, mate. It does make you dizzy. I really like this. <laughs> I really like this one. Yeah, I'm getting toffee. It's very alcohol, isn't it? You can taste the alcohol very yeah. pro-pro-pro pro like on this one. Yeah. yeah, you can really taste the alcohol in this one. But are you getting the toffee? Mmm. Like Thornton. I, th I knew this wasn't going to be your thing, Mark, but you needed to try it. There's some brilliant faces around the same one at the moment. See, I actually really like it. But, it, but it's, not, it's not like the one you go out on a session with. Here's what you're saying. I'm loving the fact that one of the hops is only Chinook, um, which actually means strong wind. So sorry, uh, tomorrow morning. <laughs> but, um, it's, uh, no, I, I really like it. Oh man, it's not for me. Can we talk about the can? Yeah, you go for that. Um, the can is, is is weird because when when I first looked at that, that's what Grant said. Yeah, it's a sphincter. It's a sphincter with two teeth coming out of it. It looks like, is it Dr. Octopus's head? Yes. It's not like a flat top. That's very much the old Doc Ock, yeah. So while we sit and enjoy our banther blood, Stuart, I'm going to come over to you because following the vintage era, we obviously had Power of the Force re-emerge in the mid-90s and there were a few representations of the cantina uh, one card diorama playset, but then there were other bits that came packed with figures so i'm curious to know what those little bits were and whether they actually ever made a full bar yeah so okay it's so the powder force 2 did the 3d cantina scene i'm sure we've all got it we all know it is pride and place in the middle of your collections <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never actually owned this, so being a Power of the Force 2 lover, so I'm, I'm going to ask the group here, has anyone owned it? The flat pack. Yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was a 3D scene, it was made of cardboard, yeah, which is... Safe, and it folded out. I mean, uh, as a playset, what do you think of it? It's a good concept, good idea, get a figure with it, 1998 I think it came out. Came with a sand trooper, do you think that relates to the uh, yeah, cantina? I don't, I don't well. Yeah. 
I mean, so you put it around the back on the outside. It's quite uh, thin and flimsy. Uh, it's all right. Was it a mail away thing? No, it? no, it wasn't. It, there was, there was two of them. There was that and Jabba's Palace. But they were readily available. In a, like a slip sleeve kind of flat. So basically, he had, had a backdrop with like the booths and things, the characters in, and then the, um, and then the, the, the bar area. And then there was a cascade as well. The, the, yeah, it kind of popped out the front, didn't it? The bar, yeah. so you could put your Wooer figure behind there. But um, yeah, so maybe not a, a complete winner. But obviously then you also had the Cinema Scene 3 packs, which were outstanding. Yeah. You got the free pack with um, the Horny Devil. Craig, what's his name? Deveronian, is he? Yep, we'll let you have that one. Do you know what's interesting there, though? So he packed him in 1998 in that pack, but he was taken out of the movie in 97 with the special edition. Yeah. So it's strange that they made that, that decision there and we just don't sign that off. The um, the geezer with the gas mask, Nabran Leeds, his name is. The geezer yeah. with the oh, gas yeah, mask, yeah. and the um, the geezer with the devil was Labria. Labria. Say that when you had too Labria. many beer. <laughs> and uh, Takil is the snaggletooth looking. So it's not actually our little Zooton, is it? Um, so did that come with like any parts? Or was it just like a backdrop of the cantina? The came with the base, didn't it? They all came with the base. Yeah. Of my packs. Yeah. Did they have a background? Yeah. Mm. I don't think I've ever opened mine. No. Um, and also, you obviously had the the classic um, Honda Baba, Doctor Evesen, and and Obi Wan. Which, if you're as excited as I am, they've re-released in the Black series coming out this year, they which have. we will be covering on the on the what the next modern way. <laughs> <laughs> carbonized versions. No, <laughs> not no, yet. I'm not, I'm not May, it looks amazing. 105 dollars. That's going to be. That I think that's a yeah. It's definitely a blower. That's the one I was thinking of. The, the That's it. Mail away. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. It was a fan club mail away. That's the one I had. There's oh, also the it. fan club mail away cantina. Uh, which, um, <laughs> that's a flat pack. Which was yeah. a flat pack, yeah. A bit like Sweet. IKEA furniture. <laughs> and then, of course, you had the, um, oh, what are they called? 2002. We had the ones packed with a piece of cantina. Saturday edition. Cyber edition, Cyber edition, yeah. yeah. yeah and they clicked together and they only released three figures Hammerhead, Ponda Baba, and Greedo. There was meant to be six, but the line failed. Okay. So, um, That's a good nugget. Mm. You've redeemed yourself right at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Hasbro have uh, returned to the cantina quite a few times, haven't they? The new one, the, the, the new Black Series one, you do get a bit of the cantina, don't you? And it is, I believe it's modular. I think and it's you can very add to similar. it. And you can. So a bit like the, the corridors that they've just done. Isn't it very, very similar to what we're going to be, um, what the original was? So the, the look of it is very similar. But I've seen images of where people have broken down. Okay, well, they photographed that, but it's two pieces and they backed it. Right. They've got it back to back and they've extended the bar around. So if you buy a couple of them, you can yeah, build yourself right. a little so bit. there's a photo of it. Yeah, you can build yourself you a little bit of bar. You can see a bit of back. Oh, that right. is nice, isn't it? That's $105, so about 80 quid. PulseCon exclusive. Is it? Yeah. Are those conventions still going? Or? Yeah, in, I don't know, it's, it's October time, I think. So oh, you won't right. be able to pre-order it till then. Yeah, definitely a piece I that really I would um, be trying to to get. Yeah. So. Good. No, that was good. So should we go around and get some uh, some final views on this one? Stuart. That's my favourite beer we've had so far. Wow. Um, I preferred it to the last one. I preferred the first one more. So doing it for me, I'm afraid. It's the flavour and the texture. It's quite. I find it quite heavy compared to the others. 
Would you not normally go for kind of a smaller beer anyway? Yeah, it's not for me. I love the more beer last time. It's definitely um, a style of beer that I enjoy. Yeah, I tasted like a, sorry for circle, but it tasted like a freshly varnished church. But if it's the last thing in the house, I will help you drink it. <laughs> it's not an easy drink, but it's, uh, like you say, you said complex, multi. It's, it's got that feel to it, and it's... Um, yeah, I think it's probably the best one I've had tonight. And I would, uh, I'd have a couple of them. Um, when I first sipped it, it pulled my gums back over my teeth. And not at all what I was expecting, but the more I'm sipping, the more I'm liking it. So, Do you normally experiment with beers, or are you quite no, a, I drink a certain Daniels. type? Yeah. Okay, so you're not even a beer drinker. I used to drink like, like white beers and things, yeah. Um, more like that first one, so I like the first one most so far. But I could, I could, this could grow on me, I like it. Emma took a sip. Gave it a one and took the dogs for a walk. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're on to our fourth beer. Um, and this is, again, it's a brewery that we uh, we sampled last time. It's the original Stormtrooper who are smashing out of the park at the minute with lots of different Stormtrooper beers. I think they're up to about five or six. Um, and we've picked on one tonight to, to have a try of. And it's uh, I think it's a limited edition. And they've named this Beer Titan. And it's a 7.8 double IPA, or what is known as a deeper. This one is at the stronger end of things. And when you're looking at double IPAs, in comparison to normal IPAs, or original IPAs, shall we call them, they're just going to be a little bit stronger. So um, I think be, be careful on these, because they, they do still have that sessionable edge. So I think be very careful when you're... Drinking, drinking a couple of cans of this. In terms of this deeper, it's the first deeper release from Original Stormtrooper, so I'm quite excited to try this and compare it to um, a few of their other beers that they've got in their series. This beer has hints of citrus and sherbet sitting alongside grapefruit, melon, pine, papaya grass, and mixed tropical fruit flavors, which are all spliced with soft, juicy, hot bitterness. Now, the Original Stormtrooper cans are really good and we've discussed at length and i don't think we need to go over um the legalities and the story behind the brand any more than we we have done already but this beer titan uh, graphic for this can is a direct um, homage or a parody of a uh, french beer poster so I will uh, I will drop that on the enhanced version and you can compare them side by side but it's it's uh, it's a giant figure striding above a city holding aloft this this giant foaming uh, glass of, of beer this sort of red stormtrooper um, and it's uh, you know to say it I mean it's very art deco it's very of its time I would probably say it was 1920s 1930s but it's you know that style that that flat color you compare it to the to the mandalorian you know it's 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 in keeping even though there are decades uh, separating the two but yeah, i really like what they do i think uh, i think their brand is is very good they present their products very well So what, what is everyone thinking of this beer? I actually quite like it. Hey! That is, it's my favourite. It's really good. It's easy to drink. It's not sharp. It's not heavy. It's very nice and easy. I really like that. That's my favourite so far. Yeah, I think that one too. 
I, is, uh, I'm appreciating it. It's not as nice as the last one, but I do appreciate it. You could get a mess on this. I could get a mess on this. <laughs> you could get a mess on this. 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 You could get You resemble it. <laughs> what a great line! Brilliant. So while we uh, while we while we sit with our with our um, beer titan for a while, um, we're going to come over to to Dan, uh, who's been tasked with looking at uh, two product lines. The first one is Micro Machines. Uh, now I know there's a there's a transforming C3PO head, but Micro Machines were very creative and they covered a lot of ground in the '90s. And I'm looking forward to this because no one brings to life micro machines quite like Dan, and he's brought with him some props. Oh, props. <laughs> props. That's a vapor, mate. But this is this is I bought this on eBay this week for of ten pounds complete. So we all had a chance to have a look at it. Amazing. Looks like, looks like Indiana Jones's idol out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's amazing. I'll compare it to that. Yeah. Flick it open. Oh. We've got Docking Bay 94 in the top with Han Solo's Millennium Falcon. Oh. And we've got nice graphics there of the Stormtroopers all coming in around the sides. <laughs> then in the in the main part, we've got the bar itself. We've got three aliens. I don't know who they all are. You're going to ask me their names now. So that's right? your Ross. Who's that? Who's yeah, that? He's a, go he's a goatal, isn't he? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. That's right. And we've got Cab Bane like alien. Is it Juros? Is it Juros? We've got a Juros. Yeah. And then we've got one more somewhere. We've got, I'm guessing that's Cave, is it? Yeah, it's definitely Cave, Cave yeah. 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 And then we've got Han Solo and Greedo facing off in the bar. And then with a flick of the switch, Han shoots Greedo <laughs> and takes him out. And then out of nowhere, somehow, or other stormtroopers hey! come bursting in. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you've got some nice graphics around the side there as well. So you've got the Cantina band on that side, and Muftak, and a few others, and on the other side as well. Full band there. So yeah, not a bad little set. <laughs> 1994. I think it was one of the first heads that they did. So that would think that would come out the same time as the Vader and the and the Boba Fett. Um, yeah. Nicely back metalized that you don't see anymore. Everything's normally painted a funny shade of gold. Are you um, going to put a run of them together? Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you this to put behind your bar. I've got one. You've got another one now. You can have. You can have. No, you don't want to do that. Shelf. I mean, look at it. That was just. How can you give that? Oh, well, look at it. I'm giving Whoa. it to you. It's a gift for nice. your bar. So yeah, if you want to pick one of those up, nice and cheap on eBay. Make sure they're complete with all the figures, and if you want to get a box one, you're looking probably about 20, 25 quid. Where's Cave and everyone They're yeah, all there. The colour boxes was great, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, they really went to town on, on the artwork. It's very rare these days that two companies will commission artwork uh, to the group. Degree that they've commissioned the artwork for Even Ralph Quarry was doing yeah, original yeah, artwork yeah, for them. Yeah. Brilliant, isn't it? I mean, you just don't get your toys out enough. What do you think of that then, Stu? That's it. a winner, isn't it? I think they're brilliant. I'm, I'm tempted. And the boxes are nice, but I'm tempted just to have a row of the heads all complete. I've got about three or four of them. They are really lovely places. Yeah, I reckon I could complete that by the end of August. Before we move on to the next bit, Micro Machines, they did the tiny little... The heads. The little Polly Pocket ones. Yes. Yeah. 
Did it, did it, were any cantina? Yes, there was. Yeah, there was. I've yeah, there's got. A there's, there's, a a there's a few. There's a few. Yeah, there's a Greedo. Yeah. Um, that's it. No. A Jawa. That and did they have like little night. bits of the cantina yeah, bar in there? was outside the cantina. Yeah. You see, when you walk in, it's two jams. They, they the there's one more. I'll tell you what it is, because I've already done the research. Greedo. It's a Juros. Is it really? Yeah, look. There's a Greedo, and then the Juros is that one. Smack my pony. So many cantinas. Okay, so Dan, sticking with you, the AMT Ertl Cantina Action Scene Model Kit. Yeah, so this came out in 1998. As far as we can tell, we've had a bit of a debate about it, is the original release. It wasn't a re-release from earlier model kits, although around that time they did release a number of other model kits that were reissues from, from previous years. Um, it's, I'll hold it up for the sake of the people around the table. It's quite a nice representation of the, the cantina. Looks like a pretty accurate blueprint of what it looked like. But the big selling point of it was all of the, the characters that came with it. So as well as coming with Luke, uh, Obi-Wan, um, Han, Chewie, um, Ponda Baba, and Dr. Is it Evazan? Evazan. Yeah. There was a number of other characters that are a little bit less, um, pr uh, I suppose, prevalent in the Power of the Force line. So you've actually got the Tonica sisters both in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've got all five members of the Cantina Band. A, a Dan Jerick, Jericho. Is that right? He's the guy who had the, the syringe type yeah, hookah yeah. piece. And um, you've got you've got the, uh, the barkeep. Is it Wu? Wu? Yeah. Is that how you spell it though? Because it's spelled funny. W u h e r. No, W b e r. Wuba on here. He's called yeah, yeah. from ninety eight. Right. There's a Jawa and there's Muftak, Cabe, a Devonian, a Hammerhead, and Greedo. So yeah, a, 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 a selection of characters there that aren't really prevalent anywhere else. Certainly, the Tonica system. We spoke about that in the last modern way. There's a big legal action going on at the moment, trying to resolve some of that. So we can get a vintage collection Tonica sister action figure. Um, as well as that, though, I've been looking online at a few of the guys that, that are into these model kits and what they've been doing with them. And although there's a lot of characters represented there, in terms of what's um, available, that, that, because the set's so big, it's a vacuum form base. I've got the set in front of me here, so I can show you. It's quite a significant size base. So what a lot of people have done is they've actually taken the Micro Machines series figures and populated it with, with those. So as well as the characters that come with the model kit itself, they've been going picking up Micro Machine figures and filling it out with that. What have you been doing to that? It's a bit dirty now. It's yours, mate. I'm just taking it out of the box. <laughs> You're the first person to and look at it. <laughs> oh, it's quite nice. I up on the front as well. So you've got you've got Obi-Wan at the bar with, uh, with Ponda Bubba and Dr. Ebbzan. Hands in there. The Tonica sisters are both on there. Um, Muftak, a couple more band members. The Deveronian. Yeah, quite a good representation that, of the. Uh, that Deveronian's the in it again, and he was kicked out two years mm. before it, or a year before it. It's a great image, actually. But well. he was back in the Mandalorian. He was, wasn't he? Berg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we were to recreate that scene. <laughs> we're, not, we're not far off, are we, really? I mean, hold on, hold on. Who's this on the floor? Who do you reckon this is? That's who's, who's Luke laying on the floor? Well, Mark's got to be a tonica sister. Mark's got to be a tonica sister. I mean, you're the band member. 
Yeah. And Mark's got to be the band member, isn't he? Surely. See, that's where the wars start now, where people are like, well, you're this. Just like, I would why say would Mark, I be that? Mark's the, the, the devil, because he's a bit horny. Yeah. Right. I'll be loose, though. Walk obviously. On the floor. On and the he's sitting at the back of the garden. Yeah. There's many a photograph of drama on the floor. I'm going to mug you Right. Good. Thank you for that, Dan. No worries. So now we're moving on to beer number five. And beer number five is. Sith Faced. Which is from one of my favourite breweries, Fallen Acorn. This is a 5.8% oatmeal stout. And I just really wanted to read you the descriptor because I absolutely love it. In a brewery far, far away, well, to tell you the truth, it was an industrial estate in Gosport, but that is no way to start an epic story. First brewed on May the 4th, of course. Sith Faced is a classic and true-to-style oatmeal stout, smooth and creamy as it is full of easy-drinking coffee, chocolate and roasted malt notes. Sounds incredible to me. Um, this is definitely a beer style that I would gravitate towards and um, I'm really interested to see what the team think of this one because we didn't go too heavy on the stouts last time so I'm quite excited to see how this one fares. Fallen Acorn, they're no strangers to Star Wars beers so th this Sith faced beer that we're going to try in a minute is the oatmeal stout but they also have an imperial stout variation. Revenge of the Sith faced, they've also um, done two variations of binary sunset which, if you're really quick, there's still some of the most recent variation on the website right now. So get out there and get those Star Wars beers in, the, in your cart. Now, Sith Faced as a, as a can design, it's uh, probably the least Star Warsy of the, of the pack today. It's, uh, I guess it's Star Wars in, in name only. It does its job with just the words. But it's on a, um, on a dark background. It's a, a sort of a nebula type designed pinks and, and reds just uh, merging out of the, the black of the rest of the can so it's actually quite pretty i, I do like it he's, he's drank it already it's it's nice. do you like that it's nice. yeah. i'm surprised i you know what when i smelt it since i opened the can up i thought it's no way mark uh, see i thought he was going to like it because in terms of like stouts this is quite light <laughs> a light stout and it's an oatmeal stout i i I mean, stouts for me is my favourite style. So it's great, it's great sweet. I really like that. Chocolate so and coffee. If you want to try lovely. the amped up version of this, get Revenge of the Sith Face, because that is the 10.5%. 10.5%. Yeah, whereas this, this is like a 5.8%. Um, but I really like it. I think it's really boring. Mm. Mark's gone back for seconds. This is unheard of. Mm. It's roughly me, that is. Jess, what are you thinking? You seem yeah, to be more of this over. No, yeah, I'm liking that a lot. I mean, it's ticking a lot of boxes. You know, you've got the coffee, it's coffee, chocolate, beer. It's like I'm in a in a local coffee shop saying, "I'll have the market." No, stand by on the market. I'm going to have the sit face. I'm going to get something faced. Yeah. <laughs> when you put it into your mouth, it's kind of like like it should be fizzy, and then it's not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Jez. Because you I mean you were just asleep in your glass for ten minutes <laughs> no, a minute ago. It, um, it's it's really good. Mm. I think it's really easy drinking. Mm. So what I think I think, the, I think if I was going to get someone else to start for the first time, this would be a good mm. entry point. This yeah, it's lovely. It's really easy mm. drinking. It's got the right amount of coffee, the right amount of chocolate. The Five point eight feel. isn't overly strong, is no. it? 
It's the same brewery who do the bottles of wine with the melted wax. Yeah, the they do um, buy an original set. So yeah. they've got one at the moment which you can get on yeah. the website still, which is the, um, it's kind of an amped up style. It's the vanilla cacao, which I know Stuart has in his, uh, yeah. has in his wine shop. Yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> Which are going to crack in two later. <laughs> <laughs> comments on our friends. <laughs> So is oatmeal quite a common quid. thing to have an oatmeal uh, stout? There's all different variations of stouts. Oatmeal's just kind of one of the... Mm. And I don't get the oatmeal from that. I don't know, because I feel like when you open the can, I kind of get like a roasty, yeah, porridge yeah. oaty... I, I kind of got it as soon as I opened it. I don't taste it. Yeah, I think I think sometimes it's just in the in, in the nose. That bit of froth will help. Right, you don't normally go for a stout when you think. I like it. I like it. Like I say, it's uh, it's it's quite light. If you if you well if you're blind tasting these, you'd probably put this close to the yeah the front That's end. A good point. Blind tasting. Mm. Next time. If we were starting a new podcast, I might call it <laughs> Jez, tell us all about Lego cantinas. Yeah, well, talking about cantinas, it's actually the central point for everything. You look at it and you think, right. We look at British soaps, Coronation Street, where where it's Coronation Street focused most of the time in the Rovers. We look at East Enders, and it's straight in uh, whatever the pub is called in East Enders. I don't know so yeah. the, Vic. the Vic, and then uh, Emmerdale. What is it? Emmerdale. Right. Everything is focused around that, and I had the pleasure. I think others have also. Oh, we say maybe the big yeah, did you go and do um, <laughs> Secret Cinema? Secret yeah, Cinema. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the highlights of Secret Cinema when we went there was the bar. The bar. I mean, the cantina is everything. And Lego have recognised this. And right from the very beginning, Lego have said, right, we're going to nail this not once, twice, three times, but four times a cantina. I'm going to start off with the main one, which, oh, excuse me, whilst I lift this onto my lap, I did my uh, press-ups earlier on. This is a beast. Now, this is Stuart's, and, uh, and I'm just about to open this now. I'm going to rip this open. So this is... You knock yourself out, Jess. I mean, you're not saying that joking. Knock yourself out. No, I'm not going to do that, Stuart. I did that last night with lots of your uh, things. But, the, I mean, this one is... Magnificent. This is the Master Series 21 characters. Now, most of these we've mentioned earlier on. Now, we changed earlier on, so you've got the band now referred to as Biff Musicians. I'm um, saying so modal notes. Were, because this is Bar, Greedo, Ponda Barber, uh, Labia, and all of those uh, guys. Labia? Yeah, so Labia. Labia, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> they've got an R in it. I think it's Labria. Gardinian as well. So they've got some exclusive figures, three exclusive figures. This thing weighs a ton. It's the first Lego set that I'm aware of which has got an 18 certificate. Well, it, might, it might not be scary, All but the, it's actually um, an 1866. <laughs> Your back bells. Bells. This has got everything you want. Not bad for a Jew back. The Jew back! <laughs> well done, Mark, you're still with me. What would you call it? It's amazing. It's, it's really cool. However, pause, edit, pause, edit, pause, edit, move on. Uh, we have three others to look at. Um, 
I need to apologise. I'm going to put this on the record, Craig, because uh, Stu said to me, don't worry, Jez, we are never going to do the recording tonight. Well, don't turn up for a beer thing, not done your research. I've had it a week ago and I did it all a week ago. So, what there is also there is fantastic. I mean, we look at what we've got here now. This weighs, this is heavier than a kettlebell. This is impressive. And in fact, how many pieces was there? 3,000 and something? 3,187 pieces for 320 pounds. You then look down and you've got model number 4501, which I believe came into uh, service. service. It was published, first of all, in 2004. It's about five years after Star Wars got the license. Currently on Amazon at £300. So only £20 cheaper. How many pieces does it have? 193. <laughs> it's that rare. So, uh, yeah, so. And I'm got, selling that if you want it down. Yeah, it, do you have that one? It's it's oh, as rare as hen's teeth. It's tiny. It's aged seven to twelve. It's lovely. It's got a little land speeder. It's got a what creature? Chewback. Chewback. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's got Greedo, Han, Luke, and Ben. But yeah, it's tiny. One hundred ninety-seven, but still three hundred pounds. That retails at, and that shows you the popularity of Lego. Lego was actually the first releases of that of the Lego Star Wars era when it came back to 2004, post the original trilogy. So yeah, it, in, insane. We then move on to, ooh, in fact, it's a surprise for everyone. Look what I've got here. And another one, right, 75052. Now this is a little bit more, you know, Mark, you, you can probably do this if you try it hard. Um, so, uh, <laughs> ages two to four years. Sorry, Jez has just been here around the face. Um, so again, this has got your standard stuff, which the canteen has come with. So it's got the band, it's got the hand, it's got the credo, it's got your what creatures that? Poobah! Exactly. <laughs> it's got the loudspeeder. It's glorious. <laughs> Seven five zero five two. And then another bell word. The last one, to leave from memory, it's seven. Five oh, two five. Oh, I tell you what, I tell you what, Jeff. It's amazing, you know, you remember those numbers, man. Jeff, yeah, yeah, Jeff, yeah. Can you give us a heads up, man. What year was that release, please? This one here, two thousand twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would okay. you believe it? Yeah, bam. Yes, get in there. So then we move on after this particular that's what we just mentioned. I don't know how I do it. It's absolutely insane. There we go. So this one, 4.6, 40 reviews on Amazon. Get in there. Nice. And so, yeah, wonderful. But what I want to do is rip open that bad boy. It's a shit. It is sealed at the moment. At the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so you never know. Tonight, what we could find is that our, uh, our beer tasting podcast and our enhanced one is also an unboxing video for Lego. Yeah. Double your bubble. Two for the price of one. Thank you very much. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. That was excellent. <laughs> Can we just all pause? Because Mark is going to give this beer a rating. Nine. You're giving it a nine? I'm... That's a massive nine. <laughs> um, let's go. Daniel, what are you rating that beer? I'm going to give it an eight. Eight. Oh, okay. Craig? Yeah, I think I'm going to go eight. Oh, this is high, really Jess. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say eight. Oh, Mark. I was going to say eight. Lee? Two. Oh, oh, really? Oh. Just, just side down. Spot, spot. The reason, the reason it's two. 
it just reminds me of when my cousin got me absolutely smashed when I was 16 and I just can't get past that. I'm sure it's a great stout, but I can't get past it. Okay, mate, if you could just go and bounce on the trampoline and let the adults finish this then. Can <laughs> <laughs> we get it, Rob? Uh, I like Doom Bar, and this is like Doom Bar with chocolate like in there. And uh, that, well, this is nicer. This is nice and Doom Bar. So I, can't offer you any. I can't offer you any more, Eight, okay. Emma? Mm, I'm agreeing with an eight. That's my favourite. It's really nice. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go 9.17. Kimberly, over to you to give your expert. I think it's been very well liked, apart from Lee. 7.75, just to go a little bit longer. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it, added, <laughs> adding a second number as well. I do love it. I, I actually could drink a lot of this. I think it's really nice. And yeah, I think it's good. I think the food matching was good, especially with our snacks that we have on the table right now as well. So the Fallen Acorn Sith Faced Oatmeal Stout is doing oh, did, did you very well. Yeah, I did on eight as well. Yeah. Winning. Okay. Our final beer of the afternoon is a collaboration between Northern Monk and Jay Weakfield. Uh, and it's Death Star, which is a marshmallow, coconut and chocolate imperial stout coming in at 12%. Two of my faves, so Northern Monk, who are based in Leeds, and Jay Wakefield in Miami. If you have not had a look at Jay Wakefield's website or any of the images of their tap room, please go and do it because it's an absolute heaven for Star Wars fans. The mural that they have is incredible. They also have a lot of merchandise for Star Wars. They do a lot of Star Wars special beers. So if you're ever in Florida, whenever we get to travel again, please put this on your must-visit list. This one, super excited about for me because I love a stout and definitely an imperial stout. This one comes in at 12%, so yay for that. So I'm just going to read the descriptor. Combining the spirit of Northern Star, the attitude of death and some Miami hustle, Death Star blowing up a planet near you. In terms of the flavour profile of this, it features plenty of chocolate malt, a touch of roasted barley. To cut through the sweetness and bring some classic stout character to the beer with plenty of oats and you've got a little bit of lactose in there again so you can expect a real, a real thick, thicker profile when you're actually tasting this beer and definitely a, a bit of stickiness um, but it is silky and it is smooth. The flavours you can kind of expect to get definitely cacao nibs are hitting you hard with this one because they used 100 kilograms of those and then 300 kilograms of flake coconut which i think really really cuts through in terms of the flavor profile of this one and there is a little bit of marshmallow in there so um yeah you're getting a little hit of a lovely pick and mix now the camford death star there's a lot going on um it's uh it's led by northern monk so it uses the northern monk brand hierarchy it, it sits with their other beers so you've got this this monk character front and center although in this context you know takes on a whole new appearance as a as a jedi really without even doing anything <laughs> the background you've got a, a riverside uh, buildings in the background mountains further beyond that and you've got planets and comets and what look to be meteors crashing into the into the river so it's not overtly star wars in terms of death stars um, although it's, it, it makes that suggestion with the, the placement of some of the craters on, uh, on these moons or, or orbiting celestial bodies. But again, very dark. It, it reflects the, uh, the dark nature of the beer quite well and uh, yeah, quite sophisticated looking, quite premium, I'd say. Um, another nice one.
It's like syrup, isn't it? Look at that. It's like molasses. So when they say a joint brewery, how does that work? Uh, well, because Jay Wakefield are in Miami, they might have collabed on the recipe, but then Northern would have brewed it here. Right, okay. Because um, they're mega Star Wars fans, so they might have wanted to do a beer but release it in the UK. So it's not like because what? Because they don't have to import, they can like share the recipe and then collab on it over here. So right. they've they collabed on quite a few recipes. They've got one out at the moment that's a blueberry sour. Um, but this one's been out for a while, but you could actually score it in Tesco's for quite a bargainous price. But if you can still get this beer, I'd really recommend it because. Northern Monk and Jay Wakefield kind of in their respective kind of areas are uh, incredible breweries. This is my kind of beer, I have to say. It tastes like an old man's nappy. <laughs> how often have you had an old man's nappy? Well, that's how I imagine it. <laughs> I think it's really nice. I love it. I, I yeah. think... I mean, I like an imperial stout. It is definitely my favourite style, 12%. I think, you know, you either into it or you're not. Do you not like that? I love it. I think the toasted coconut <laughs> in it is amazing. I think um, it's like a beer I'd drink more in the winter bumps. If this is kind of the beer that you would have a third of at a beer festival, I'm not sure you'd have like a whole session or a pint mm. on it. It's a 12%. Yeah, you're right. It's a sipping beer. Yeah. But to be <laughs> fair, I probably would drink this while I was playing Battlefield 2. I'm not going to lie. Might be a bit stiffy at the end of it, and not the shit people are going to do it. I'm running into walls. Totally weird. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, what are you thinking? Yeah, you, you're right. It's a, it's a third. You know, being a 12%, you could think, right, I'll take my time on this. I'll save it. Yes. Yeah. It's a good and actually, if you weren't just drinking a like, session beer, you're like, yeah, there's nothing wrong about this. It's quite nice. And and as I drink a little bit more, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting into this. Sip it. Enjoy it, love it, and enjoy the can. The can is brilliant. I mean, there's like, I think it's like romantic about it. In what way? I don't know, it just feels more fuzzy. You're in the wrong yeah, place, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just kind of like, oh, I could just do it with a nice, yeah. a nice cuddle yeah. now. And oh, just kind of like, it's an evening for it. I'm weighing this up whether it's better than beer five. <laughs> I think you've got to ask yourself with this cat. When you look at the cat, it's almost like it's reading town centre. What? You've got to <laughs> really, really niche for people that are listening, Jess, that have been to Reading Town Centre. It is, though, it is, says Dan. I'll give him ready. So you've got, you've got River here, here, River here, Bridges, Bridges, Building Shopping Centre. That that's the Oracle. <laughs> Everything is there, and then and then and we've a Death got Star. We're a moon with it. Yeah, rocking two, over two Death Stars inside of Reading. We're sipping both. And <laughs> just like that know. does look like House of Fraser, though. To be fair. <laughs> Is it Leeds? And that, that yeah. is the, the bridge yeah. over I from think, James Italian. I, I liked it. I, the first yeah. one was still my favourite. Uh, there's a lot of interesting flavours in this one. Um, it's yeah. a little bit like medicine when you first sip it because it is so strong. And I find it, I've, I've not drunk anything that strong since I was about 12 years old and I stole one of dad's telling supers. <laughs> um, I'm still getting over that. But it was. It was nice. It really nice flavours. Um, I like chocolate, I like coffee, so it's sort of happy with that. And it's got the oracle on it, so I'm... <laughs> That's nice. Very nice. I would say it's probably my second favourite. Do you want some more over there, by the way? No, no, I'm, I'm quite alright. I like it. I, I'm just weighing up whether I preferred it to the oatmeal porridge, whatever it was. <laughs> it's great. There's only left of the other ones that I haven't tried yet. No. What you've got to chop him a sock for this. That's gets served at the bar, that's why. <laughs> that's, all, that's all the Northern Monkey's been drinking. You don't know, he put, pulled him half a pint while you were out. He's like, got us on, got us on. Give your finest hours of drinking beer now. Go and put that in the bin and wash your face. You bet I could. I'm not such a bad pilot myself. I'm not going to sit here and listen. 
I was just going to sum up all the cantinas that we haven't mentioned. Yeah, good point. So for completeness, because we like to be complete with our endeavours. So one of my favourite uh, recreations of the cantina, if anyone remembers this or has one, is the pop-up book. Yeah, yeah got it in there. Yeah? Have you got it? Mm. Go get it. Let's play the tune. Do you know where, you, where did you put it? <laughs> it was knocking around last night because I moved. I had picked up. It could be in the loft. Oh, don't don't go up ladders in your state. Oh Jesus! So while Stuart goes and tries to find the pop-up book, I'll just rattle off the other ones. So we had the Funko Pop Cantina face-off, a little bit of uh, the booth in there. Uh, we talked about the the new Black Series ones. Uh, we have the Han and Greedo Gentle Giant bookends. Got one for you. The Funko Shop in LA. Oh, that was awesome. Are they cool? That's pretty. They're life size. Cool. Send me that picture and I'll put <laughs> oh, it in okay. the enhanced. Uh, and I think the only other one is the Hallmark. Sorry. The little, uh, little Hallmark vignette of Greedo and Han, and I think the the Cantina Band. Sorry, Craig. I don't know where, what happened. Right. Well, I'll drop that in. I think my version of the pop-up book. Um, hasn't ever had the batteries changed. It sounds like the stuff of nightmares. So I'll play that now. I can't drink it, and to echo what Kimberly said, it's down to preference, and what this is, has exposed is our uh, high alcohol percentage stouts and IPAs, which is not for me at all, so I can't even drink that, and I drink all alcohol, I drink like puddles on the floor, <laughs> I can't even drink that. He drinks any alcohol. Oh, Chris, oh. for you. Oh, God. He will. That's actually nicer than that. So, just for the benefit of the listeners, Grant has just taken a swig out of the, the pint glass that we were we were using to just pour all the dregs oh, into. Everything in moderation. Do you want to see if this. Down it, down it. Oh, God, no. Oh, no, it'll be vomiting everywhere. I'll be able to get the host pipe out tomorrow. I don't know what Christmas is coming to my head for some reason. It's really I don't Christmas know what it is. Oh. It's the sort of thing you drink on TV. It's sentimental history. Africa. Maybe um, share. I do like a stone ball, but like no, I do as well. It's a very Christmas <laughs> drink. I think on what it is. Yeah, um, I don't know what it is. It reminds me of a of some sort of um, <coughs> alcoholic liqueur, and I can't place it. But um, it's Christmassy, like Phoebe Keats finding the dad in the chimney at Christmas time. It is. A, it is a Christmassy drink. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's not. I'm, I'm going to go. It looked be nice with, with a layer of cream on the top. Yes. Mm. Like, like a Tia Maria. Like, like a, yeah, like a really strong Irish coffee. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, that's nice. What did you rank it, Toby? You, you poured it on the... Uh, 11 out of 10. You poured wow. it on the garden. You wow. Know. Wow. If I liked the little bit I had. Okay, well, if you've got 11 out of 10, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So me, Kimberly, and Mark like that, and Grant doesn't even put it on the Richter scale. It's, it's usually style preference, though. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what you said. It's yeah. true. So shall we very quickly go around and pick our favourites from the night? I like the shift. Yeah, good choice, Mark. Yeah. I think that's the one. Yeah. Shift-based. Jez, pay attention. Yeah, Sith-based. I'm pretty Sith-based, Dragon. 
<laughs> Emma, do you mind? Yeah, sit face. I'm going to go with a beer titan. Really? Yeah, yeah it was good. It was good, but it's not the top. Was I mean, he's embarrassed one? himself. Was that the first one? No, that's no, the first one. Fourth. Uh, what was the first Fourth. one? The pit. We're going with Craigie. I think I'm going to go with the majority and go for Sith faced. It was. It surprised me. I'm. I'm with you. I think the Sith faced, but I do think they um, Death Star and the Bantha are very, very close. Mm. Uh, Mangalorian des destroys all of them. <laughs> Beautiful drink. I think that's my least favourite tonight. And I, like, I didn't mind it, but I think that's the bottom. I'll, I'll drink them. I thought you wanted to go sit with Dan. He embarrassed himself as well. You can make us a group. We go with Mark. I think for me, for the fact that he's easy drinking, it was the first one. But close second is probably... Uh, very, very popular, the old Sith well, face, isn't it? Yeah. I prefer the ones that aren't so strong. They were, they were like yeah. five, eight, six, seven, I think the other one was. So, like so, the dogs, yeah, the dogs have just drank some more Sith face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Sith face. Definitely not on a par for me. Yeah. I do apologise, but Daniel's just running around the garden with a dog. I'm just going to let this go out raw. Yeah. yeah. That's it, it'll be our last ever podcast. I do, actually, I just put a video out on We Are Generation Sky. I didn't listen to it. Awesome. Right, well, we'll look at that later. That's okay. I'm never coming back to this planet again. Thank you, everybody, uh, around the table for this afternoon's session. Personally, it's just magical to sit here recording this and seeing everybody's faces and just seeing the chat going on. I've no idea how this is going to come out on the recording. I suspect it's going to be some... Uh, some clever editing, but it's just been so special. And just to share beers with everybody again after the couple of years that we've had, it's just really rather wonderful. So I hope that everybody listening and watching has got something out of this. You know, these beers are out there. There'll be beers locally to you that will be picking up on that Star Wars vibe as well. So check them out. Let us know what you think to them and we'll include them on the next time we do this because I think we'll do it again. I'm getting some nods. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I would love to do <laughs> for the third show is go on the road over two days and go to the breweries. Woohoo! Yes. You can sort that out then, Jess. That's your job. <laughs> right, before we uh, before we do the actual closeout, though, are we doing another competition? Oh, shit, yes. I mean, oh, yes, oh, of no, course we are. Cool. leaping that's, now. That's allowed, that one. Toby, right, that's allowed. Right, so what do you think? That means I can say it once, yeah? So yeah, thank you. I forgot about that. So if so, if you've been listening along at home and you want to try some of these beers, we've got a whole load that we put to one side for one lucky listener. Um, and to win these beers, we need you to go over to our Facebook group, which is We Are Generation Skywalker, and just go and uh, search We Are Generation Skywalker on Facebook, uh, like the group, join the group, uh, and we'll have some details there as to how you can win all of these beers. And, uh, yeah, we'll post them to you, and you can let us know what you think. Um, if you do want to contact us, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for um, Generation Skywalker. Also, check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Again, search for Generation Skywalker. We can go to YouTube, find all our videos, unboxings and everything. Again, 
just talking Generation Skywalker, make sure you subscribe. There's no excuses. And of course, you can go to www.generationskywalker.com where you'll find links to everything, including the contacts. Right, TikTok. What's TikTok, yeah. Toby's going to run our TikTok. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think that's it. I do feel like there's something missing from my list there. But it's been a long day. And um, I can't remember what's what. Let's just say goodbye because we've got a massive team tonight. Okay, first of all, let's start with the Generation Skywalker crew. Goodbye, Jezebel. <laughs> goodbye, Mark Daniels. <laughs> goodbye, Grant Criddle. Only you can decide with Star Wars talk. <laughs> goodbye, Craig Spivey. Bye. <laughs> goodbye, Daniel Burgess. Beer is the way. Goodbye to our guest host tonight, Lee Bullock. Goodbye. Jemima Puddleduck. Bye. <laughs> goodbye, Mark Buckley. Goodbye. Goodbye, Toby. Goodbye, Ninos. And a massive goodbye and <laughs> thank you to our beer sommelier and expert tonight, Kimberly Owen. Yay. Yay. And we're in luck playing us out tonight. He is a tribute legend. It is Cantina Turner, Mark Buckley! <laughs> <laughs> Her name was Leia, she was a princess With a Danish on each ear and Darth Vader drawing near So R2-D2 found Ben Kenobi Obi-Wan He'd have to put the Death Star plans into the Rebellion's hands So Luke and Obi-Wan had to get to Alderaan So they stopped into Mos Eisley to have a drink with Han At the Star Wars, Star Wars Cantina Creatures you've ever seen uh, at the Star Wars, Star Wars Cantina. Music and blasters and old Jedi masters at the Star Wars. His name was Solo. Han Solo. He was a pilot with a blaster at his side and a smile 12 parsecs wide there with Chewbacca. He was a Wookiee. They met with Luke and Obi-Wan About the Millennium Falcon Docking Bay 94. 94 Stormtroopers at the door With a flash of Ben's lightsaber Now there's an arm on the floor At the Star Wars Star Wars Cantina The weirdest creatures you've ever seen At the Star Wars Star Wars Cantina Music and blasters and old Jedi masters at the Star Wars. Mars Ice Cream Spaceport. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. You must be cautious. We're putting the jokes in after, don't worry.